Greetings, my baby chickens. It's your mother hen, Wolf the Dog. And I'm here to nest upon all of the eggs of contention, hatching them into my own personal chicken army. I'm clucking at you live from 694.2 PTBP. As always, my chickadees. Real quick, before we get up and started, the boys from Pretended to Be People wanted me to let you know they are accepting questions for a third Q. A episode. So if you have questions for any of the monsters that make that show, tag at PretendingPod on Twitter or Instagram. There will also be a post in the subreddit where you can comment your questions or post them on our Facebook page. Fuck you, Mark Fuckerberg. Or email them to PretendingPod at gmail.com. Or, and seriously, y'all should go do this. Go all out. Record audio of you asking your questions and send that so they can use it in the episode. Much like the second Q&A episode, this one will be for our honorary police officers over on Patreon who keep this show alive five bucks a month at a time. Speaking of things my producer forces me to read each week, we got a new Howlin' at Wolf for y'all. This week's is from at mad under dash seed who tweeted about the show and tagged at pretending pod. It reads as follows. If you're not sure what kind of officer you're dealing with from contention PD, just check the fit of the pants and listen to pretending to be people for one of the best actual play podcasts out there. Love the podcast and wish there was a higher donor tier. Smiles, Madeline. Man, I miss seeing those off in the future, you would think an entity could never truly miss a despicable being such as Keith Vigner, and you'd be right. Don't worry, Madeline, there may be more questionable content for you to throw even more of your hard-earned money at in the future. Sometimes, when looking forward, it is important to glance behind and remind your mind that mankind is designed, inclined, and resigned to die. It's time for the news. Last time, Ken Krinklehoff, Liz Lonklin, and Jeremy Pettymore came across a large frame hanging in the woods. Ken realized an old memory was closer to reality than he had hoped, but he was able to disable a trap that otherwise would have put a giant wooden spear through someone's mouth and out the back of the head. Through the broken canvas in the frame, the three see a cabin in the woods. Ken, susceptible to being scared of cliches, freaked out, grabbed the spear, and charged toward the cabin, and then he disappeared into a pile of leaves. Ash Hornbeam was down on hope and hit points, but a man in a black suit with a bolo tie came out of nowhere to interrogate him. After Agent Kevin got the information, Ash had to think quickly in order to not become just another missing person in the woods. Thankfully, his quick wit and false reputation was enough to convince Agent Kevin to spare him for now. Now, this next sentence may sound a bit kooky, but Agent Kevin came back with a woman named Agent Karen, who chanted over a machete and then, in one swift motion, took off Ash's arm in the middle of his forearm. Stranger still, the wound immediately cauterized and flesh grew to form a nub. They took Ash to a black car hidden in thick brush where they are set up to stake out a cabin in the woods. 
Sharon Shadow Berryman, somewhere between unaware and purposefully oblivious, followed Krista Krinkelhoff off the path into the darkness and directly into a skip bow trap right around the ankle. It then became clear that perhaps Krista Krinkelhoff isn't quite herself. Judy Krinkelhoff, having seen the body of the state ranger, Ed Buzz Woodrow, all spineless and shit, walked back out into the darkness, the rain, the parking lot of the contention woods, and then she made a terrible decision. Taking us from here in the warm glow and comfort of Wolf's secret hideout that is definitely not a trash can, to that moment in the shivering, wet darkness, lit only by strikes of lightning in the distance. It's blue, false, indigo, with moon dance. She in the distance and it's just enough to light up a blood-covered Krista Krinkelhoff who is walking directly toward you. The raccoon at your side shivers something fierce and is like and tugs at your arm and then just fucking takes off running backwards. Like back towards the... No, like crab walking. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it runs... It runs like into the parking lot trying to get to the street. Okay, but not running back towards the shack. Right? Hell no. Okay. Running as far away from these woods here as possible. Okay, I don't follow him. I stay, I stay there because I'm, first of all, freaking out from the body and I am not sure what to think of my mom. So I, I stand there. Judy... Judy? Judy. That girl, that girl that you were with is, she is no good. She was not trying to help look for Liz at all. In fact, she, she told me, she told me that she wanted to just run back to the woods with her and, uh, and, and told me to come back out here. Um, okay, mom, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're covered in blood. I'm so, I'm so scared for you. Um, maybe we should go back up to the shack and I'll see if I can find some band-aids in your purse to help fix you up. That is an excellent idea. Thank you so much. Okay, so I guide her back up to the shack. I'm like holding on to her and helping her walk. And then as soon as we get to the shack, I, I want to get her in the shack and close the door. You do so. Okay. And then I can't find a lock or anything. So at this point, I just close the door and I'm just holding it. Okay. While my mother is inside. 
Yeah, absolutely. And as you're holding the door... Oh, shit. You feel a pinch on the back of your neck. And when you turn around, you see that your mom's body has crumpled to the ground and standing in front of you, its metallic arms shoved into the ground and the ceiling and the walls of this shack, in the middle of which is a small one inch in diameter metal sphere. One of these tendrils reaches around with another tendril. It snaps Judy Krinkelhoff's neck forward and rips out her spine, shoving itself into the spinal column and filling it. And you, Allie, are now playing this entity. Oh, man. Okay. In which you remember all of these strange memories, all of these details, but you are an objective-based entity and your objective is to collect as many bodies as possible so your goal Allie, is to get one-on-one with one of the other players and pass off this entity that way it can collect more bodies okay and you will also know what has recently happened so you know that you came to the woods as judy krinkelhoff with Shadow and Liz, and you know that you were out there to do a spell or a ritual, but that is all the information from Judy Krinkelhoff that you know. Got it. Everything else will just have to be (laughs) hog shit and horse lies. (laughs) I love lying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes improv easier. (laughs) I told my parents about this podcast. My dad was like, so you just lie quick? I was like, yep. You're He's like, like oh, you're going to be good at that. <laughs> you're like, I've been practicing my whole my life. My whole life. <laughs> Boston makes me feel good. Do we know any of the other words to that song? Because I don't. Yeah, I think it's a lot of that. I think it's a lot of busting. What if it was just that the whole time? (laughs) All right, Joe, you're sliding on your back and you can feel the uh, mud and uh, sludge is making this slide a bit more uh, liquid and thick viscous, however, still enough to slide you down and you are sliding for some time before you land eventually in a pit of dirt and pitch blackness. Can I get a sense of how much lateral movement I had in that So slide? much lateral really? movement So I'm like slide. underground. Yeah, you might think that with all that lateral movement, you slid underneath this cabin oh that far perfect fuck you are on your back scared out of your gourd because it's spooky time everything's a gourd (laughs) and you you're scared out of your coconut this halloween (laughs) (laughs) patreon listeners will remember our episode in hawaii no uh, Coconuts uh, were the gourds of that game. All right. So 
you feel dirt and rock underneath your hands. I want to try and stand up, can I? Almost all the way before your head hits a piece of wood. Oh, shit, it's wood. Can I look up back? What if I had said stone? I know, I wasn't sure. (laughs) Can I look back up the slide I just came down? Can I see any daylight, or I mean moonlight? There's no daylight or moonlight coming down from where you came from. You know, it kind of would have been cool if it had been daylight. (laughs) (laughs) Roll sanity. You can tell it's the sun making this light. It's a different color. Is there any light in this area that I know? No, you are in perfect Vin Diesel darkness. Did I hang on to my spear on my way through? On my way down? Oh, go ahead and roll dexterity. Ooh, okay. Now that I'm good at. Ken Krinkelhoff, so good at sport. I'm a sports boy. Uh, 32 on a 75. So good at holding on to his giant spear. And it is horizontal with where you are. It would not be able to stand up as you uh, remember it being longer than you. Can I? Okay. You know how long you are as a human? (laughs) (laughs) If I look up. I've deduced that I'm maybe under the cabin. Is it floorboards above me? Is it maybe slats of wood? It's not. No, because there's no light coming down. I said it was dark. So therefore, there's no slats of wood above you. Can I, I want to just lightly push and see if it maybe is hopefully a door that I'm under. You do not seem to be under a door. Do you have anything on you that could make a light of any kind? Yeah, he doesn't have a lighter because he's such a good boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was out camping. Maybe I have a flashlight on me. Is there a roll to determine if I had a flashlight on me? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's just roll an up and down 50% luck. If you roll under, you succeed. If you roll over, you fail. I rolled over. Oh, but it's a 69. Our house rule just makes that a crit. <laughs> <laughs> You have whatever light source you want. I have one of those ones that lights it up like daylight. (laughs) It'll burn the wood. It's so bright. (laughs) Uh, No, I just got a nice big mag light. Yeah, you absolutely do. I flipped that bad boy on. When you flip it on, you see that you are in the crawl space. But this doesn't seem like a, a place that is often used. However, you do see what looks like maybe floor supports. However, they are tube-like in nature. And as you flash the flashlight over them, you see that they are translucent tubes that are filled with this squamous black ooze that seems to be traveling downward. from above into the ground below. <laughs> oh my god. Zach, you're the coolest. <laughs> oh boy. You also see on the far side away from you, there's a door that leads up. I mean, I I think Ken would for sure maybe try back the slidey way. Can he get any purchase to get back up the slide that he came down? Ooh, interesting. I don't think he would want to be going into the house if he could help it. Yeah, that makes sense. Go ahead and give it a go with an athletics check. Are you bringing the spear or no? Yeah, that's not going to leave my side. Okay. If if at all possible. Uh, Go ahead and take a negative 20 on the athletics check. That's a fail. Uh, 70 on what would be a 30. You continue to try and try, but there's so much sludge in this area that it's like uh, the Japanese game show Slippery Stairs. That's what I was picturing. (laughs) And uh, you're not green. Dang. Yeah. Should have bet on blue. (laughs) 
okay, then I am going to uh, cautiously approach the cautiously approach the door, and I want to put my ear to it. Do I hear any sounds on the other side? We'll find out after we do a little. Luke, Ash Hornbeam walks to this black sedan and this four-wheeler that are out in the middle of these woods in this thick brush of trees, and Agent Kevin looks at you. All right, get on, get on in. We're staking out this uh, this cabin. We'll tell you more. And he opens up the back door for you. Ash kind of hesitantly... He looks at the FBI agents, and for one moment, he thinks about just taking off. It's raining. It's dark. But he he doesn't. It takes him about three seconds, which seems like five minutes, and he hops into the back of the car. And when you hop into the back of this black sedan, sitting in the back seat on the other side is a man who is quite tall. He's wearing uh, the same black suit, white shirt, black tie. And he's blonde, but his hair is like buzzed, and he's in his early 30s. And he looks at you and immediately flashes you an FBI badge and is like, Agent Kyle, nice to meet you. Ash looks over at him, doesn't say anything, buckles his seatbelt, and looks straight at the ground. Or the floor of the car, I suppose. Agent Karen gets in the shotgun seat and Agent Kevin gets in the driver's seat. And looking at the floorboards, uh, you see that there's a bunch of electrical spool wiring. Yeah, we got some <laughs> we got some pretty cool explosives in the back, man. You know, I'm going to blow this thing the fuck up, right? I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to be tight, man. It's going to be super cool. Ash looks at him, and he's immediately intrigued. He starts looking at the spool on the floorboard, and he's immediately reminded of the time that him and his father set up a fireworks display for the town for contention, and um, Ash gets super excited. He looks at the FBI agent, opens up his jacket a little bit to reveal what I call water dynamite. Sure. And then I show him the other side of my jacket, which is two sticks of actual dynamite. And I wink and finger gun. Well, young sir, that's dynamite. And hopefully we don't die tonight. <laughs> I look back at the floor and I just kind of pick up a piece of the wire, like look at him and look at the wire and just like just smile. What's your name, young sir? Um, uh, my name's Ash Hornbeam. <laughs> and you've always sounded like that? <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> so as you my guys My name's are... Ash Hornbeam. That's, <laughs> that's more like it. My name's Ash Hornbeam. My name's Ash Hornbeam. <laughs> I think I kind of 
really steered into this. Just but, lean uh, into that <laughs> thick southern molasses. I was trying to do a Porterville accent. So as you that. as you're looking uh, out ahead of you, you see this cabin that's sitting out in this small clearing, and outside the cabin, you see that there is Zach is scrolling on his computer. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued and worried. Uh, there seems to be some sort of outdoor building, almost like a pod, you know, like a storage locker kind of unit thing. Yeah, yeah. There's one of those, and there's also a big yellow excavator sitting outside, and you caterpillar. Would, uh, yeah, exactly. And you would also notice that there is a moat that surrounds this cabin. You can't tell how wide it is or how deep it is because you're still pretty far away, but you can see glinting off the surface of this water is the moonlight, and that's how you kind of catch that there's water there. And then you see to the left of the cabin movement. Outside the moat? or Yes, yeah, about 25 yards out, and you see Liz Lonklin is with your two friends, Jeremy Pettymore and Ken Krinkelhoff. And they are like walking around this kind of thing. And then they all stop and they're talking to each other. And then Ken picks up this small log and throws it on the ground. And you see this wooden spear, seven feet long, just like flies in their direction and then hits a tree. Immediately, Ken grabs this giant wooden spear out of the tree and takes off running. And as he takes off running towards the cabin, still like 20 yards away from the moat at this point, he just disappears. He like falls into the ground. Running away or towards? And he falls into the ground and is completely out of sight. Dude, I don't, I'm trying to fuck describe my my what I looked like just then. <laughs> just I could not. Luke looked like a possum in headlights. It's deer in the headlights, but or just a possum. A possum in a flashlight. Kevin looks in the rearview mirror and he's like, "Oh, do you uh, do you know them?" And he looks back and he's like, "We uh, we were looking around. And this place is just chock full of traps." Well, what is this place? You know that Madge you were talking about? Well, yeah. I don't know if that's her name or if that's her name now, but... Is she... She's real. Oh, she's real. I always kind of thought it was kind of just a reason to get us out here, but... Go uh, ahead and roll sanity for me. Um, 99 is good, right? Oh, <laughs> Yes, yes it is, Luke. It is very good. What does that mean? Well, it means you take max damage, which was going to be a D4 plus one. So you lose five sanity. I don't get to roll my D4? (laughs) No, you do not. You automatically take maximum sanity hit. So what was your sanity at before? Uh, I was at, I think, 38. Let me see. 37, so I'm down to 32 now. 32, and also we're doing bouts of insanity for this game here. And so when you lose five or more sanity in a single loss. My breaking point is also 32. Well, then that happens to work out fucking perfectly because you're going to lose your shit. So you remember in the old uh, campaigns we ran when you lost five or more sanity, we did fight, flight, or faint. Right. So did we do that on the podcast or was that? Not yet. Oh, man. All right. So 
Luke, basically you're given the option fight, flight, or faint. You need to rank them in most likely to least likely of for Ash, Ash's reaction. For Ash, fight is number one. Sure. Faint is number two. Flight is the last one. He doesn't run away from anything unless he has to. If you roll a one, two, or three, you're going to fight. If you roll a four or a five, you're going to faint. And if you roll a six, you're going to flight. Am I rolling a D6? D6 for me. This is the first time I've used the D6 that Joe gave us. Ooh, nice when and did, heavy when metal. When did Joe give us these? He gave Was you and Christmas? I those for Thomas's birthday. Tom- <laughs> which is, that is, listener... <laughs> Very indicative of Joe Terry is to give lots of people gifts for someone's birthday. He's the nicest person. He just knows that you and I are those kids at like the kids' birthday party. Why did he get presents? (laughs) I want something too. If Thomas gets a treat, I want it too. I just had terribly vivid memories of Lacroix Boy. Oh Jesus! We did. We had fun and watched the court. <laughs> Roll that D6 for me, Luke. What do you think I got? I think you got a six I probably a six. based on your slump, the slump in your shoulders. Yeah, I got a six. So I think that's a flight. That is a flight. Damn it. Uh, that works out really well for me, personally. Um, should I leave the room? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Thomas, Lindsay. Who? What? That's fair. Jeremy Pettymore and Liz Lonklin are standing oh. in the dark right. of the woods. Hi, Liz. Hey, and you up? see the, the body of Ken Krinkelhoff what? just fucking disappear into the ground ahead of you, and it begins to rain. Is that like pouring? It starts light, but you hear in the distance, a storm is coming. <sighs> Shit. Liz, it sounds like a storm's coming. He's going to drown in that hole. I need Let's you both to <laughs> not my voice at all. <laughs> I need you both to roll sanity. Okay. I need it. 27 on oh, God. 75. Oh damn, he has good sanity. That's like the one good thing of all these characters. <laughs> so, you will not lose any sanity and you're like, yeah, he fell into a hole. He's just playing. Yeah. He's just a 62 on... Wait, I'm confused. So you've got current and maximum Okay, I think sanity. it's a 32. Yes, that would make sense. And you rolled far above that. Yep. So mm-hmm. you're going to just lose one sanity, putting your current at 31. And Liz is going to start to freak out a little bit. You're out here. You don't know what part of the woods you're in. You've never seen this cabin before. Ken Krinkelhoff, prominent player in the Silas Cole K through 12 community just disappeared not only into the ground but also off of your list of suitable bachelors <laughs> you, wait you mean you was considering freshman <laughs> only one <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeremy falls into a hole <laughs> 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 of his own making. <laughs> Dick's hole jumps in. Okay. So where are we? Are? I, I'm going insane. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys want to move toward the cabin or move away from the cabin? Or I want to move are? towards 
the hole. I want to know what's going where, on. Yeah, we saw a kid. Okay, disappear. so moving up to the hole, you would see that he slid into like a pile of leaves that turned into a mudslide pit. It looks like the top of a slide that's made out of sludge that disappears at an angle into the ground. And then looking forward, you see the cabin. It's far more well lit now. The lights are on inside, so you can see it from, you know the window lights, I suppose. However, you can also see in the moonlight that outside there is a storage container, seemingly like a small rectangular box separate from the cabin itself, as well as a big yellow excavator sitting outside the cabin and about mm, 10 yards away from the cabin encircling it is a moat and the moonlight is reflecting off of the water of this moat. Both of you roll an alertness check for me. Actually, whoever's got a better alertness will count. 50. Same, I rolled a 31. Beautiful, we'll use that as you also notice that there are some fish flopping up out of the water. Strange for a moat. Size size of fish, do we get to see them? Yeah, what were the size Small of mouth, fish? base. Bass. Bow, 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 bow. Bow, bow. Wow, wow. You guys know how bass goes. All right, I'm done. All right, so you guys are standing as the fish <laughs> flop in the pale moonlight. Okay, so that song Meet starts playing. Meet my lover in the pale fish light. Wrong freshman. And so you guys <laughs> That's a are song, standing not the- at the. It's a popular 90s song. It's how the song it's goes. It's a popular Zach. 90s song, Zach. I wasn't role playing. I don't give a fuck. You so, you see that. <laughs> what do you guys do? Does anyone want to take the slide or are you going to approach the cabin? This reminds me of that fish song. Not the band Fish, but that song about the fish in the moonlight. I don't know. I just, it's weird. What? Where did Ken go? What? What's going on? I mean, my, I've, I've told people before, but my buddies didn't believe me. But I've I've seen Madge in these woods. Do you believe in old Madge? What the hell is Madge? Oh, old Madge is the, the witch that haunts these woods. And I think she might be the witch playing tricks on us tonight. Does she live in that house? There's only one way to find out. Let's go. Let's go. Approaching the moat, you see that it is about five feet across to the other side. It's an absurdly large moat for a, <laughs> a cabin in the cabin. woods. <laughs> It's useful. Is there is the shed or any other thing on the other side of the moat? Everything is inside the moat. You want to try to throw me across? <laughs> I like that you went to me throwing you and not you throw me, throwing throw me. me, Liz. Uh, Liz is so I'm much a small taller boy. than him. Wait, we do we still have the other guy with us? No, he fell down the mud hole. <laughs> no, the other. Guy. She lost sanity. Oh right. No, Ash. You're- we were supposed to be finding him, Not but Ash. good fucking luck, Ash. No, the guy that was eating the little smokies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you completely forget about your dog, man? Listen, the way Zach is running this, we're going in and out of this room. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, we got Rusty here. Nom, uh, nom, nom, nom. Can we throw Rusty? You're Rusty. Why don't you make a human? Rusty is easily six foot three, and I want him <laughs> to make a human bridge across this river. Yes. 
do it. I'm gonna throw. Some, I'm gonna scatter some smokies like <laughs> on the other side. <gasps> and, okay. I'm, and I like kind of like demonstrate with motions like what I want him to do to sure. get the smokies. Hold his feet. Make sure he doesn't jump. And yeah, pretty much. That's that's actually what I'll just do. I'll just like I'll toss some smokies to the other like shore, and I'll hold his feet as he leaps across for them. Okay. <laughs> Good idea, Liz. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that happens. And we eagerly run across his back. Yes. To, <laughs> to a witch's cabin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> eagerly God. run across his back to a witch's cabin is a little too long for the episode title, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's close. <laughs> so... I need you, whoever has the worst dexterity, to roll dexterity. Probably me. I have 25. I have 50, yeah. Liz Lonklin makes it across <laughs> very easily. Oh, shit. You better make it. I, I didn't. 63. <sighs> I step on his balls. <laughs> the bridge collapses. <laughs> Rusty has his ankles on one shore being held by Jeremy Pettymore, and he reaches out for the tiny meat fingers on the other side of the moat and he grasps onto the ground on the other side and as soon as he makes that bridge connection you know like when two grandmas become friends Liz Lonklin just <laughs> rushes across <laughs> <laughs> rushes across the body <laughs> of Rusty and Jeremy Pettymore following shortly after <laughs> old people play bridge gets his toe stuck right in the crotch of old Rusty and you know when you stub your toe on a taint Everyone knows that sensation. And so you fall and you hit Rusty and you both fall into the moat. Well, I didn't put any points to swim, <laughs> but I did put points into survival. So I want to use my survival instincts t- to remember how to swim <laughs> and get across <laughs> get across the moat. What's your survival at? 50. Go ahead and roll on a 30. Really? Negative 20. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> 21 that is a success i uh that is a success <laughs> what? what was that redo ken krinklehoff <laughs> no fuck sorry jeremy pettymore just like haphazardly <laughs> throws his arms about thrashing in this fish filled water liz liz i can't swim Oh, wait, I'm fine. I'm sorry. And he crawls. I hope you still think I'm cool. Onto the other side. I'm just rolling my eyes. A wet mess. Hi, Liz. <laughs> uh, Rusty crawls out on the other side away from you. All right. Oh, bye. on the other side? Yeah. So you run away. He looks at Jeremy Pettymore and holds out his hand <laughs> for more flesh pencils. <laughs> Okay, I, I like I drop a couple on this side of the river, but I move on. Okay, as soon as you turn around and move on, you hear him snacking behind you. He's cleared, jumping <laughs> over this five foot wide moat, and he is with you. Okay, I want to leave Smokey's like a like a little just a little trail the whole way I go. All right, and you guys are approaching this cabin where I uh, so you've got two buildings and a giant excavator. One of the buildings is much smaller and is the size of like a small storage pod that you see sometimes in people's driveways, like before or after a move. And then you have the cabin, which has a front porch and a single door window on either side of the door. Can we choose to look in the window before pursuing that? Absolutely. All right. Go ahead and roll stealth for me. Uh, Jeremy Pettymore, what are you doing? I'm uh, edging my way towards the storage unit. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I rolled an 85. So you stumble up the stairs to the front porch of this cabin mm-hmm. and like slam your hands down on the wooden porch. Okay. And then you walk up and you stick your head up in the window and looking inside, you see a lot of equipment that you have never seen in your entire life before. This is not a home. This is a lab. And you see there are... I'm having flashbacks to the OA. Translucent tubes. That shit fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was just waiting for him to say that. Uh, We're not talking about the OA. Okay, go on. At the end, they stop a school shooting with their interpreter stance. Okay, yeah, all right. This is the worst episode of television I've ever seen. (laughs) You can just cut this one. You watch the whole thing. (laughs) The first season. All right. Did you not watch the second season? Okay, go on. Moving on. (laughs) Not after the first season. (laughs) I heard it was good, but I can't imagine how that's true. (laughs) There's the edit point. (laughs) Looking inside, all of this equipment is completely outside your grasp. However, you see these translucent tubes that are running all over the place, up the walls, along the ceiling, and then they're going down into the floorboard underneath, and they are all filled with a squamous, black, viscous goo that is making its way below the cabin. Around on the other sides, you see a desk littered with papers, so many papers strewn about. There's like a cork board with a bunch of more papers thumbtacked up to it. And you see in the corner of the room, there is a large wooden trunk. Jeremy Pettymore, you are edging. Go on. <laughs> Your way made you wait for it. <laughs> well, yeah, you think so. <laughs> And uh, you don't come across the storage Shut unit yet, up, <laughs> <laughs> but you uh, you make your way over to the uh, this storage unit. <laughs> okay, there's a door. Jeremy Lee, Jeremy Pettymore wants to know um, if our actions in the past can affect the future. You're in your present. I know. So everything you do affects the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you like to do, Jeremy Bettymore? I'd like to try to get into the uh, storage shed. All right, Lindsay, I'm going to have you leave the room. All right. Jeremy Pettymore, you open up the door to this small rectangular room as you do so a light comes on inside it's dimly lit but as you walk in or poke your head in you see one side is a closet full of outfits on the other side of the room lined up hanging up against the wall are the bodies of roughly 15 people They are all hanging on hooks from a hole in the back of their neck. And the way they are slumped makes you think that none of them have a spinal cord. Jeremy Pettymore turns to the door and he screams, Liz, run! Run! Get the fuck out of here! Oh my God, what the fuck? Run! Roll sanity. 
pass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> then that was a great reaction. Lindsay, I think you probably heard from the kitchen Thomas scream. Liz, run! Run, Liz, run! And you see Jeremy Pettymore fucking book it out of this small external room. Room. You're up on the porch. What do you do? I run. Run towards the guy that helped us over the moat. <laughs> He's just like on the ground eating smokies. <laughs> You gotta toss some smokies. Fuck, I call them smokies. I wanna like push him down and cross him over the bridge, but also <laughs> leave some smokies behind me so he doesn't totally hate us. <laughs> but like, I am in panic mode. I am fucking bolting. I am making my rusty bridge. I'm not even gonna worry about what's behind me. I'm just running for my life. I need both of you to roll an alertness or survival, whichever one is higher for you. I passed both. 30 on a 50 for both of those. 56 on a 50. 56 on a 50. All right. This will basically be a lethality roll. So. (laughs) The two of you take off running. You throw down Rusty across the moat. You make it to the other side. You leave some micro. Rusty, run! Run! Micro peens on the other side. And (laughs) as you dip into the woods, Liz, you hear a click underneath Uh. your foot. Can I immediately stop? Sure. Without pulling my foot up? Yeah, absolutely. (sighs) And before you can let the breath out, (laughs) a giant metal claw swings down from the branch on the tree above you and takes your head clean off as blood begins to just spurt out of the body above you. And blood is literally showering like Vegas water feature style (laughs) out of the space in between your shoulders. (laughs) And you fall to your knees, like shooting a guy in the dick in 007. You like hit your knees and then you hit your shoulders on the ground. (laughs) Jeremy Pettymore, roll a sanity check. Jeremy Pettymore doesn't see any of that. Jeremy Pettymore didn't see any of that. He's like, Liz, run, keep running. (laughs) I hope you're running, Liz. Okay, actually roll alertness and see if you saw it. You can do either one. Uh, He's he's fine. (laughs) He sees it. He knows that he's the survivor and he keeps going. (laughs) He got a 29.75. He's like, well, that was the cool older punk girl I had a crush on, but better her than me. He runs. (laughs)
The sun, the sun, the sun.